0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium This is The Conspiracy Show My name is Richard Serrett Just a quick reminder Season 3 of the television program The Conspiracy Show debuts across Canada Vision TV August 11th, 10pm 13 brand new episodes the uh, The next hour of the program Promises to be a difficult one The subject matter is sensitive. The questions that arise are uncomfortable and inconvenient. But nevertheless, the information which is about to be brought forward deserves to be heard. It needs to be heard so that you can hear it, consider it, make up your own mind as to what really happened or didn't happen back in December of 2012 in Newtown, Connecticut. And I'm speaking, of course, of the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting during which we are told a terribly disturbed young man uh, by the name of Adam Lanza forced his way into a school armed with a 22 caliber Bushmaster rifle and other weapons and fatally shot 20 young school children and six adults before shooting himself. The incident was the deadliest mass shooting at a high school or grade school in U.S. history. The second deadliest mass shooting by a single person in U.S. history after the 2007 Virginia Tech massacre. Now, back in May, a former Florida state trooper by the name of Wolfgang Helbig traveled to Newtown to investigate the shooting. He's a former work and safety assessment expert. He's conducted school safety assessments for more than 8,000 school districts across the United States. And when he watched the events at Sandy Hook unfold, there were a number of things he saw that just didn't add up. Uh, and so he began his own investigation, and he sent out FOIA requests for more information, and those were all declined. So he traveled to Newtown back in May and started poking around. And I made several requests or attempts to get Mr. Helbig on the program, and for whatever reason, it never panned out. So my next guest, however has agreed to come on the program and as it turns out he traveled to Newtown with Wolfgang and listen they were met with stony silence by the officials there they would not cooperate they were met with scorn and some of you may be saying good they deserved it how dare they start raising these uncomfortable questions poking around raising these conspiracy theories Haven't the people in Newtown suffered enough okay fine However, I'm asking you, if you're prepared to listen for the next hour, I'm asking you, reserve judgment. Listen to what he has to say, and then make up your own mind. Admittedly, it's a difficult subject, and it's sensitive. And maybe you don't want to listen, and that's fine too. But for those of you who wish to hear it, let's get started. Jim Fetzer has published widely on the theoretical foundations of scientific knowledge, computer science, artificial intelligence, cognitive science, and evolution and mentality. He's also published a number of articles relating to the Sandy Hook shooting. He's a McKnight Professor Emeritus at the University of Minnesota Duluth. He's also conducted extensive research into the assassination of JFK, the events of 9-11, and the plane crash that killed Senator Paul Wellstone. He's the founder of Scholars for 9-11 Truth, and his latest books include The Evolution of Intelligence, The 9-11 Conspiracy, Render Unto Darwin, and The Place of Probability in Science. Jim Fetzer, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you?
1: Well, great, Richard. Real pleasure to be back on with you again. Uh,
0: likewise. Uh, I mentioned a couple of times that uh, this Wolfgang Helbig uh, individual, uh, now, I've, I've tried and failed to get him on my show on two separate occasions and and what I wanted, if you can uh, establish is this gentleman's bona fides in other words are we what before we get into what he had to say and what he what he's been investigating I want to hear from you Jim what, what's your take on this Wolfgang Helbig uh, is
1: well i think wolf is uh completely sic- sincere dedicated he has an ideal background for the investigation of Sandy Hook. He is a former Florida state trooper. He spent 36 years in, uh, in school administration, including serving as vice principal and principal. And he's a recognized national school safety expert who has conducted symposia all over the country. Uh, in fact, it was his desire to learn what had happened at Sandy Hook so that he could explained to school districts around the country how they could avoid such a thing happening that drew him into Sandy Hook in the first place. And it was only after he had submitted a, a number of FOIA requests and made a number of phone calls, discovered his FOIA requests weren't being Uh, answered his phone calls weren't being returned that he became troubled and then when he was visited by two homicide detectives from uh, a local you know police station he lives in a gated community in florida who told him that they were there on behalf of the connecticut state police who as a warning to tell him that if he continued to ask questions about sandy hook he would be prosecuted That he became resolved to get to the bottom of
0: this. All right. Now, in May of of this year, uh, Wolfgang went down to uh, Newtown, uh, Connecticut, uh, to start poking around and and to start asking questions. On his website, SandyHookJustice.com, he has this list of 16 questions that he says must be answered. And uh, so just give us a a, a briefing as to uh, what happened when he went down to, to Newtown in May.
1: Yes, and i published a couple of articles about this before and after that your audience may find worth checking out. One is entitled Wolf King Halbig Heads for Newtown in Pursuit of the Truth About Sandy Hook. That was before the, the trip there. And the second is entitled The Newtown School Board Meeting and the Meaning of Silence. And among the points I make in the earlier article about his anticipated trip is that we have multiple sources that raise questions about what we have been told about Sandy Hook, including a uh, a New York City Gold Shield detective, now retired, whom I happen to know personally, who said when I described about, you know, all these people being there, having name tags on lanyards, porta potties, uh, you know, a sign that says everyone must check in, whether he'd ever heard of such a thing at a crime scene, and, and he thought it was really quite strange.
0: Right, but before but, but, we get into that, Jimmy, just set the scene for us. How you were received, where you went, what sort of questions you were asking, and what the response was when you were in Newtown? Well,
1: we, we stayed in uh, Danbury uh, and traveled over to Newtown, and the first place we went was to the United Way of northwestern Connecticut, which has been one of the recipients of this rather large sum of money that's been contributed to the families that were allegedly involved, uh, where it's a matter of law that they are required to share their documents and records with the public, and where when we arrived on the scene. Uh, Wolf was there with his attorney, Day Williams, he has a second attorney, uh, but Day Williams was with him there, and they called the Newtown police, and they had uh, seven or eight guys out there who were making it physically impossible for Wolf to gain access to the building, Uh, They said it it was all online, but you see, that's not what the law states. The law states, you should be able to have uh, physical examination of the records, but they were obviously uh, going to do everything possible to prevent that. Uh, Wolf was even quoting the Attorney General of the state of Connecticut, explaining how important it is that these... These funds, these donations be handled properly and in accordance with the law. And here, in my opinion, uh, they were violating that. I mean, it's just the opposite of what you would expect, Richard, if you thought that, uh, you know, they they had nothing to hide. Uh, they should have welcomed Wolf said and come on in, check our records. We'd like to know if we got anything wrong. You let us know. There have been in excess of $27 million donated here, and frankly, the whole thing is a scam, I'm convinced, and there are you know i've published not only a I've published a dozen ar- ar- articles about this but the evidence is growing more and more extensive and compelling as a student of the history of science i mean we're in a situation that's very typical in science when you have a true theory it spawns off a whole lot of additional research product it has a research uh, projects it has a, uh, a property known as fecundity by, you know, suggesting new ways to confirm and expand the research program. Well, we were looking at some of the consequences that, you know, should have been unproblematic if this was a real deal and finding nothing but stonewalling and resistance on every side.
0: Well, let me ask you about this, Charity. Because there were uh, rumors, and you can uh, shed some light on this, I'm sure, uh that the the website for this charity and perhaps it it wasn't the united way maybe it was other charities maybe it was the united way supposedly someone captured there was a screen capture which proved that these websites were up and running prior to the sandy hook shooting
1: yes that does appear to be the case you can find several websites online that discuss this also that photographs of the alleged uh, victims, the children, were also available in online in advance, I mean, Richard, this is just one more indication the whole thing 's a fraud, but i mean there 's almost an endless number i mean it 's in my opinion frankly it 's spinning completely out of control. And Wolf Halbig had a great deal to do with it.
0: All right, so uh, take us back to Newtown then in May, and
1: um, uh, well, they had seven or eight, you know, police officers there. One guy was particularly adamant about not allowing Wolf access to the building. It was like they were trying to pick a fight, which wasn't, you know, Wolf's inclination whatsoever. I mean, here he is, a former Florida state trooper. He simply wanted to enter and review the documents and records in the position of the United Way, and they were refusing to let him do it. I thought that was very telling.
0: Where else and there, did you go? Where
1: and else then did we th- went to the Newtown Police Department because the top three officials of the department had been involved uh, in Sandy Hook, and Wolf wanted to speak with them. But while they were Evidently in the building, and Wolf and Day and I went into the front office, the lobby of the police department. They sent out a sergeant who said they were unavailable, not that they weren't present, but that they were unavailable, which again I find rather incredible. I mean, here's a former Florida State Trooper, you know, a former law enforcement officer himself. And they're refusing to meet with him. I thought that was, again, very striking. I mean, what you would have expected if this had all been on the up and up would have been a cordial reception. They would have invited Wolf and Day and me in, had a sit down in one of their offices and fielded any questions Wolf would have wanted to raise with them. But instead, it was precisely the opposite.
0: All right, uh, Jim, stay put. We'll uh, take a time out, come back, and continue to talk about uh, your interesting little sojourn down to a Newtown, uh, Connecticut, site of the uh, Sandy Hook Elementary School uh, shooting or incident, uh, because, of course, there's some question as to exactly what went on. Was there, in fact, a shooting as far out as it may sound to some of my listeners? Jim Fetzer uh, went down to Newtown along with Wolfgang Helbig, and uh, we'll continue to delve into this uh, shocking investigation when The Conspiracy Show continues right after this. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Uh, we are back with uh, Jim Fetzer, uh, who uh, traveled down to Newtown, Connecticut, with Wolfgang Helbig. And uh, uh, so you're at the police station, and the, several of the uh, the officers that were involved in the incident... Uh, refused to come out and, and speak with with you and Wolfgang now did they know ahead of time did anyone know ahead of time that that you were coming did Wolfgang send word out we're going to be here on such and such a date and we'd like to see see so-and-so and talk about this
1: yes absolutely in fact I published that article about a month in advance of the actual trip the article entitled Wolfgang Helbig heads for Newtown in pursuit of the truth about Sandy Hook so they knew we were coming and I think it's fairly obvious uh that they took steps to thwart our inquiries and to be maximally uncooperative i mean uh frankly, Richard, I was a bit taken aback that these people were not very skilled at deflecting an inquiry in a tactful and diplomatic fashion. They were so crude about it, that it was obvious that this was, you know, they had a lot to hide. I mean, I have no doubt about it whatsoever.
0: Did you talk to any of the the, the, the townspeople, just people happening by on the street?
1: Well, we didn't see a lot of people happening by on the street. Newtown is a rather, uh, or Sandy Hook is a rather quaint community. It's fairly hilly, it's a lot of narrow winding roads. There's a there's a stream that runs through the heart of the city you don't see a lot of people out and about it's a, a, a upscale community uh they pay a great deal of attention to the maintenance and i think that you know uh we did not make specific efforts to talk with uh members of the community but there weren't a lot of members of the community available and i am quite confident they would have been Highly undisposed to speak with us about this. In fact, as I continue with our day, that became increasingly obvious. We went from the police department to have lunch, and it was a very nice place that was, you know, in the vicinity of this stream I'm describing. And, and we also visited a soccer field there, uh, which was immaculately manicured. I mean, I can't tell you. These people care about appearances. Which makes it all the more stunning that when we have looked at video taken of the Sandy Hook Elementary School, it's completely unkempt. It's very obvious it hasn't been maintained. The, the parking areas aren't properly demarcated to conform with Americans with Disability Act requirements. The signage is, is not uh, current. Uh, you look at the outside; it's not well kept. The playground equ- equipment looks as though it's been in, in, in disuse for years and years. Uh, in fact, we have uh, you know studies using the Wayback Machine getting no indication of computer activity at the school between 2008 and 2012.
0: So spell it out he, what's the suggestion there, uh, uh, Jim? The
1: school appears to have been closed around 2008 and only reopened to be used as a prop for the this event to be staged in two thousand twelve.
0: When you say the Wayback Machine checking computer activity at the school, explain.
1: Well the Wayback Machine is available on computers to go back and look at previously, you know, published pages, even if they're no longer available, you can go back, you know, if you know how to use the machine, you can go back and back and check any site for what it had published in the past and so forth. And in this case, uh, this study was done uh, of several schools in the vicinity and found indication of computer activity at every of the other schools except for Sandy Hook. And and that complements what I'm describing now about the physical condition, the parking lot not ADA compliant, the playground equipment not having been used. This was an event that occurred in December Uh, and there should have been lots and lots of Christmas decorations, Hanukkah decorations on all the windows. I mean, it was an elementary school, a kindergarten through fourth grade school. But there's none of that uh, inside, uh, from video on the inside to the school. It just doesn't look right. There's a lot of stuff piled up in various positions. It looks as though the school was being used for storage, uh, teachers. Who have viewed the footage have said that it appeared to them that that's exactly what was going on, and that that's a typical practice with a school that's no longer in service. A plumber watching the footage noticed that a commode had been pulled out of one of the restrooms, but that it was just a gesture to try to make it look as though it was ADA compliant, which the plumber observed it was not. So, you know, I think the the the, the physical features here are really quite stunning. And there's there's new evidence now from the uh, from the Lonza home, by the way, footage from inside Adam Lonza's home. That shows everything is in place. I mean, all the books are on the shelves and everything. It doesn't look like anything is disrupted. Allegedly, the police had already come. And the early footage showed no police crime scene tape around the the, the home. That would occur later. But allegedly, this was a scene where he had shot his mother. I'm telling you, Richard, there's no direction you can go on this thing that you don't get further confirmation that this was not a real event. Then children did not, in fact, actually die at Sandy Hook. <laughs>
0: uh so so uh back we to back yeah, yeah, back, to, back to lunch and, but at some point i i want to move a little bit further along in the day did did you actually sit down with members of the of the uh, the Newtown school board
1: well i'll explain exactly how that happened but we got an intervening event of considerable interest right. which is okay. this we went from there to the fire station now if you've ever recovered you know looked at the footage actually all the activity was at the fire station emergency vehicles with the exception of one fire truck that was parked like halfway down the road and it's about a quarter mile between the fire station and the school but there were no emergency vehicles allowed down there no surge of EMTs into the building the the parents were not even allowed to identify their children instead they were shown photographs i mean the whole thing Is not right. Plus, you know, and this is something I explained when I spoke to the Sandy Hook School Board, where they gave each of us three minutes, Richard, three minutes to speak. I pointed out that uh, I had discovered that this school had 626 students enrolled, and if you subtract 20, there should have been around 600 that had to be evacuated, but you can study all the footage from Sandy Hook in vain. And apart from one photograph, there might be two uh, that's been published as though it were a teacher leading students away from Sandy Hook. We have no indication of any students coming out of Sandy Hook. FEMA requires that there be an evacuation plan. It would have involved at least a dozen buses at 50 students per bus. None of that took place. And more recently now, we have a new study uh, published or included in my latest article about Sandy Hook, which is entitled uh, Thinking About Sandy Hook, Was It Reality or an Illusion in Which uh, the student who created this video Notice that the cars were parked in the wrong direction. In other words, if you come into the Sandy Hook parking lot, you'd have to pull around to the right and then turn back to the left in an, a, a lane and then you pull your vehicle to the right facing the school or to the left facing away from the school. But the whole row of vehicles where they should be facing away from the school, they're all facing toward the school, which suggests that they just pulled these limousines, you know, these vehicles in for their use as props without paying attention to the fact that they were pointed in the wrong direction. And that's important here because if you compare the photograph of the alleged teacher carrying the students away, the vehicles are pointed in the – Proper direction in that photograph, but they weren't in the proper direction on the scene at the day, which indicates that the photograph was taken on another occasion. I'm just telling you, this whole thing reeks of flim It's just a scam job, Richard.
0: The the school board uh, uh, meeting was this a regularly scheduled school board yeah. meeting that you intended?
1: Yes, they have a school board meeting once once a month, and we attended the. Uh, the school board meeting, yes, in 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 May, and I uh, that, that that one intervening event, by the way, at the firehouse was interesting because uh, there was one fireman there. Wolf wanted to speak to the fire chief because the fire chief who happens to be EMT-qualified, and his daughter, who was also a member. I mean, it's a volunteer fire department. His daughter was also a member there and also EMT-qualified. They both rushed down to the school because it was so near at hand and were refused admittance. They weren't allowed into the school. And this is very odd. We have a sworn statement about it. So Wolf wanted to talk to him about it. There was only one fireman there on the scene, and when he figured out who we were, he became very hostile and and angry. And while Wolf had already learned that the fire chief should be back in an hour, this guy was uh, very unhappy that we were there. So we went further down the road. Uh, There is a huge fence around the whole property where the school used to stand, and it's covered with a tarp to make it difficult for access, but a home right beside it was for sale. So we called and got permission to come on the property and looked over the hill in the back of the property, which was higher. And you could see where the school had stood. It had been raised. I mean, there was nothing but dirt. One little area had been sectioned off and surrounded with a mini fence inside that appears to be designated for a future memorial. Uh, we came back to the fire station and learned that the fire chief had uh, come back to the station. Uh, But when Wolf went out to talk to him, this same fireman we'd encountered before got very hostile, belligerent, swore at Wolf, repeatedly actually shoved him, which was, uh, you know, a very inadvisable thing to do, the fire chief wouldn't talk to him. I mean, again. The total, the behavior was just totally inconsistent with this having been a real event where people didn't have anything to hide. Wolf got back in the vehicle and we started talking about it He said, I've had enough of this. So he called to the Newtown police department and made a complaint for an assault and battery, which I myself had witnessed, and they sent out uh, three different officers, one of whom was a sergeant we had met before at the Newtown police officer, uh, police department headquarters, and they took, they took my sworn statement, Wolf's sworn statement, and would you believe, Richard, we had the whole thing on tape, too, so they actually took a copy of the tape back to the station to, to watch and, and copy it, but we have all of that then we we went to dinner and wound up at the newtown school board meeting there were about eight other people who had joined us knowing that we were going to be there and when we came in to the meeting we discovered a notice a little you know mimeo form that said you're not allowed to ask questions directly to the school board but if you write your question here, the school board will get back to you as appropriate. As I recall, the form didn't even have a place for your email address or what have you. So, I mean, it seemed to me to be purely ad hoc. Just so you weren't allowed
0: to ask them questions, but you were allowed to speak for for exactly, about three minutes.
1: that's exactly right.
0: Okay, we, so we're now, coming up on a break here, Jim. We've got about a minute and a half. Let's just uh, get into the conversation now. We'll finish. We'll we'll continue after the break. But so so who stood first? You or or, or Wolfgang? Wolf?
1: Wolf spoke first for three minutes, and then I spoke and used, I don't know, two and a half, but you can find the whole thing as well as the presentations of the other speakers if you go to the, uh, the article I subsequently published entitled The Newtown School Board Meeting and the Meaning of Silence, because that was the reception we got, total silence. But it's very curious that one of the trustees of Newtown who was present there, a very prominent woman, who one would presume wasn't normally there, and even more strikingly, I learned afterwards from Wolf and Day that the Attorney General of the state had been present at that particular school board my, meeting. My,
0: my, my. That's interesting. Yes. And um, these other eight individuals... Well, listen, we'll, 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 uh, we'll find out who they were as well on the other side. Jim Fetzer, uh, my guest... And we are discussing, it's an uncomfortable topic, 18 months after the Sandy Hook Elementary a shooting. I have to put that, that, that word now in quotes because the question out there, again, as uncomfortable as it may, it, it may be, is whether or not there was, in fact, a shooting. Was this simply a staged event? Jim Fetzer says so. He was down in Newtown with Wolfgang Helbig, We'll continue this discussion on the other side, The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Sarrett. Stay with us. Follow the truth, The Conspiracy Show, with Richard Sarrett. We are back with uh, Jim Fetzer, uh, who's here. Uh, He was down in Newtown, uh, Connecticut, back in May with Wolfgang Halbig, uh, who has a website entitled SandyHookJustice.com. And, uh, we're not gonna get to all these 16 questions that demand the truth, obviously. And some of them are, are very sort of obscure questions involving, you know, porta potties and things like that. But let's just get back to this, this school board meeting. There were eight others. Uh, now, were these eight other individuals simpatico with, with you and Wolfgang, or were they there to shout you down, or who were these other eight people?
1: Well, they weren't there to oppose us, but they did represent, you know, their own independent point of view. One, I think, his name was Dan Muldina, as I recall, who was actually associated with InfoWars, and Alex Jones, he was there, right. and after the meeting, did an interview with Wolf that I thought was a perfectly good interview uh there were others who represented themselves uh one of whom as i recall is Michelle Murphy who is uh, talking about the role of mental health issues in all of this but the final speaker after we had spoken appears to have been a designated hitter who came out and just said how outrageous it was that we were there speaking to the school about board about this event where obviously the community had responded heroically and we were clearly you know uh, being abusive by even making this appearance. Um, and and this, this fellow, it seemed to me, was clearly, you know, set up so that they would end on what they might regard as a high note.
0: All right, so uh, so just summarize Wolfgang's presentation to the board if you could. What, what 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 did he say?
1: Well, Wolfgang was explaining that, you know, he wasn't uh, hostile here. He was explaining that he was a school safety expert and that he wanted to know what had happened. In order to explain to other school districts how they could avoid it, and he talked about how he had been frustrated in his FOIA requests, how his phone calls were going unanswered, and uh, that, you know, he'd even received a threat about all of this. He didn't uh, raise all of the questions, which had previously been submitted to them in FOIA requests, by the way. Uh, But he did say how, you know, he wasn't here to be accusatory. He was here to find out what happened uh, so that whatever had happened uh, could be shared to the benefit of other school districts. When I spoke following him, uh, I began by explaining some of the reasons we were there including that the final reports about sandy hook from the connecticut state authorities do not include the names the ages or the sex of any of the victims uh... richard that's very very odd you're gonna to toil in vain trying to find other crimes that have been committed and reported in the news uh, where the reports uh, don't even include the name, the ages, or the sex of the purported victims. I mentioned that the uh, Attorney General has stated opposed the release of the 911 calls. Uh, at the time, I was unaware that he was sitting right there. But that is certainly a peculiar stance for him to have adopted. I pointed out that the. Clark of Newtown had entered into secret negotiations with the state legislature to avoid releasing death certificates on the students. Again, uh, very, very peculiar, and that all of those who had been involved in the demolition of the building have been required to take lifetime gag orders to be unable to address anything they saw or did not see. And I think what they did not see is probably more important than anything they saw, that they did not see any bullet holes on the sides of the walls or any blood stains on the floors.
0: And, and how were you able to, to ascertain that these employees who raised the school had to take these lifetime gag orders? How did that oh, come that's
1: up? A, all, everything I'm telling you is e- e available in the public domain, Richard. I don't make anything up. you look at my articles; they're all, you know, I give sources, links all over the place. But I'm telling you, that's no secret.
0: Yeah, let, let and, me just throw this out very, very briefly, and we can address it again on the other side. Of coming up, this is a short segment. Uh, th- these rumors—well, I call them rumors. Maybe they can be substantiated. There, there have been people who have been trying to, to find the names of the victims on the social security death index and have been unsuccessful now what what can you tell me about that very briefly
1: well that does uh, indeed appear to be the pay- case but even more fascinating in many ways is the fact that uh, someone has sought to discover the birth records for the decedents and cannot find birth records for any of these people, Richard. That's included right in my latest article about uh, thinking about Sandy Hook. Was it reality or an illusion, which I recommend everyone listening to the show should watch. There's another video I'm going to talk about after the break, but this is particularly stunning because here you'll see the records where he goes through all the names and tries to find if they were born in Connecticut or anywhere else he's got a lead on, and he can't find birth records for a single one of them, Richard, does not this, one.
0: Does this include the adults that were the, – the, the teachers that were also supposedly victims?
1: You know, I don't know if he did a search on the teachers, but I'll say one thing. There actually should have been about 75 staff members in that building, secretaries, custodians, those who ran the cafeteria and all that. No one talks about that. But not only do we have 600 missing children who should have been there streaming out of the school and and evacuated, but there's another 75 adults that we've never heard a peep about. Most people aren't even aware ought to have been present as
0: well. All right, Jim, stay put back. More on the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting 18 months later with Jim Fetzer. Richard Sarrett, The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. of the dark the conspiracy show with Richard Serrett. and we are back with uh, Jim Fetzer uh Jim let's just uh, talk about some of the the 16 questions that appear on Wolfgang's website sandyhookjustice.com and, and uh, number one who directed the New Haven FBI field office to classify the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting now uh wh- what do we mean by classify the Sandy Hook elementary School shooting
1: Well, Wolfgang, who was uh, an expert witness in in relation to Columbine, because he has such an extensive background with regard to school uh, shooting incidents and so forth, was dumbfounded to discover that the FBI report, which Barack Obama had commissioned, you may recall that when this happened, Barack Obama said he was going to use the full resources of the government to find out what happened. Have been classified that it's not available to the public. Wolf was very specific, called the FBI office, and they even taunted him and said, uh... no luck you're not gonna see this in your lifetime and it was really as though it were an adversarial relationship and when they finally released it and i've included that in one of my articles about this it was so massively redacted i mean it had more holes than a chunk of swiss cheese i mean it's ridiculous richard you really need to look at some of the you know these articles and some of the evidence here to realize how overwhelming it is that there's a massive effort to conceal what actually happened there and for the good reason that it's nothing remotely like what we've been told. In fact, I'm completely convinced it was a total scam and that Eric Holder played a key role in all of this. The day of the shooting, the governor, whose name is Malloy and the lieutenant governor who was in his company held a press conference and he explained that they had been spoken to that something like this might happen and i began asking myself something like this what could he possibly mean there are only two alternatives one that there was going to be a shooting at a school in connecticut and a lot of children were going to be killed in which case if he had been spoken to we ought to have taken steps to alert the school districts in the state to take precautions and enhance security to ensure it did not happen which he did not do or alternatively he had been told spoken to that they were going to take an abandoned school and they were going to conduct a drill and then they were going to present it as a real event to promote uh, an aggressive gun control agenda which is exactly what happened so I began to ponder by whom he would have been spoken to, and it turns out that less than a month before Sandy Hook, Eric Holder made a visit to the governor and appears to have been the one who spoke to him about this. Eric Holder is a longtime advocate of gun control, extreme gun control measures in this country. It's referred to as Project Longevity, and in one of my articles here, uh Top Ten... You know, my, my, uh, Sandy Hook, my pick of the top ten, uh, articles, uh, videos, interviews, I begin with, um uh, a presentation by Eric Holder to a Democratic women's conference in 1995 and he's going so far as to explain how they have to change people's attitude and brainwash this is his word, yes. not mine, Yes. brainwash the public into adopting a different view of all of this it's apparent to me, Richard, that this goes all the way to the top that Barack Obama, Eric Holder, the governor of the state the Connecticut State Police, the Newtown Police Department, the Newtown School board and others uh, involved at the periphery were all complicit in this huge scam to deceive the American public.
0: Well, here's the question that always arises, Jim. You've heard it a million times. Whenever we're talking about whether it's JFK, whether we're talking about 9-11, or whether we're talking about a drill at a school that was presented as an actual shooting incident to further an anti-gun agenda, how do you keep the lid on something like this if there were so many people involved?
1: Well, they're all going to benefit. Uh, you have no idea how much money has come out of this richard uh the the governor the the government the u s government gave him oh i don't know eleven million to rebuild the school. Get this between the shooting and the demolition of the structure. the Newtown B which also was complicit. I have an article entitled the uh, Newtown School Board the Newtown B were complicit in sandy hook you, you your listeners ought to look at that too. Uh, published an article saying how it would be difficult to refurbish the school because it was loaded with asbestos and other biohazards, which led me, during my presentation to the school board, not only to observe what happened to the 600 other students, but to ask is that since the Newtown V had published, the school was loaded with asbestos and other biohazards. When were the parents of these children notified that they were going to school in a toxic waste dump? And just as in the case of Wolfgang, he's got no answers, I have gotten no answers, and it's because the answers would reveal the hoax. Uh,
0: talk to me very briefly about these Lifestar helicopters that are normally deployed whenever there's any sort of serious uh, I- injury in, 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 a, in an incident like this. Lifestar helicopters were not requested at this, uh, at, at this uh, shooting incident. That's
1: right. And Wolf went so far as to verify that because normally these medevac helicopters are, are brought in even for drills, Richard. So here he got a real event and they weren't brought in. Wolf actually called the company and spoke with the owner and they explained that they'd been sitting there waiting for the call to come, but it never came. Ironically, Wolf has a photograph taken from a helicopter, which appears to have been a Connecticut State Police helicopter. Uh, uh, down from the helicopter onto the ground, and the time you can discern from the shadows was 9.15. Well, what's fascinating about that is that's 20 minutes before the first 9.11 call came in at 9.35.
0: Interesting. Who declared, uh, initially there were 18 children and six school staff members that were, were declared legally dead, but they were they were declared dead within eight minutes. Now is that within the first eight minutes of the of the of receiving the nine one one call? Uh
1: it- would have been in that approximate interval of time I mean it's bizarre because the EMTs had, hadn't you know there were not even any EMTs there should have been a surge of EMTs there should have been a whole lot of emergency vehicles rushing these little bodies off to hospitals uh, EMTs aren't permitted actually to declare people dead and alive unless the head is actually say decapitated from the body this was not done the claim was made that two of them were sent off but it's all very mysterious and difficult to get any in EMT- Information and as I may have already mentioned, not even the parents were allowed to identify their children. Not even the parents were allowed into the school. And, and it appears increasingly it's because the the, the children who are allegedly uh, dead were actually fabrications. I mean, we not only don't have death certificates with uh, one possible exception, there's the Posner family that claims to have documents on Noah Posner, one of the alleged dead, and someone is calling around and identifying himself as Lenny Posner, who is supposed to be the boy's father. But Kelly from Tulsa, who is a member of a research group in which I have participated, has spent over eight hours talking with this uh, Lenny Posner. She's convinced that he is playing a role that what he's saying is is uh... being made up and that he's not even the child's father but actually his grandfather And I'll tell you, Kelly is nobody's fool. She is one of those who has made a lot of phone calls about this. For example, she she works in a business where they have to dispose of biohazards and so forth. And she was aware that if there was blood in the building, there were very formal procedures that had to be taken in order to clean it up. So she began making phone calls about, you know, who had cleaned up the blood. And she was eventually directed to Lieutenant Vance, who was the head of the Connecticut State Police, who that very day was already threatening anyone who challenged the official account of Sandy Hook with prosecution. And when she asked him who cleaned up the blood, Lieutenant Vance replied, what blood?
0: What blood? Yes. What blood, what skull fragments, what brain tissue?
1: I'm telling you, you, there's nowhere you can go in this that doesn't lead you to further confirmation that this was a huge scam. And that's where I want to bring in, too, that Wolf is not the only national. Safety school safety expert who has confirmed what happened here. There's a fellow by the name of Paul Preston, and I did an interview. Uh, an interview was done with him by another member of this research group in which I participated, Sophia Smallstorm, who's also conducted a put together an hour and a half documentary entitled uh, Un- Un- "Unraveling Sandy Hook" that I highly recommend. But she interviewed Paul Preston on a radio show she's now doing, and during the second half hour, they got into San Andy Hook And this guy, who's got like 40 years of experience, who's supervised these kinds of drills before, who knows it inside out, said once he began looking at the footage from Sandy Hook, it just didn't add up. There was no intensity, no sense of urgency. People were very casual. There was no rush of EMTs into the building. He said, where are the students? There should have been hundreds of students pouring out that needed to be evacuated. I mean, you would just go right down the line. What I did was to have that second half-hour train transcribed. So if you go to this article entitled Sandy Hook Redox, Obama officials confirm that it was a drill and no children died because Paul Preston, given his long contacts in the with the Department of Education, knows lots of people who work for Obama. He contacted them to discuss all of this because he was so upset about what appeared to him to be a drill. Everyone he contacted confirmed it had been a drill, that no children had died, and it was done to promote a, an aggressive gun control agenda.
0: This is conf- being confirmed off the record, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, okay.
1: they're at of their job. And he, he said they told him more, but he's not at liberty to say the more that they told him. But I'm telling you, this guy is completely convincing. I've included the interview there. Go to Sandy Hook Redux. This has been one of the most widely shared articles ever published on Sandy Hook. It's had, uh, oh, I don't know, by now maybe up to 2,000 reads right on veterans today, and it's been shared by about 1.500, you know, 1,500 different sites. I mean, it's all over the place. But if you go to to the original Sandy Hook Redux, right. Obama officials confirm that it was a drill and no children died. You can hear him talk about the evidence, and I have the transcript there. And what I did, Richard, was to put in video footage and photographs that he is talking about as he goes through. So you can okay. verify for yourself what he's saying. This is absolutely smashing stuff. I'm telling you, absolutely pure spun dynamite.
0: We've got, we got less than 30 seconds. What of, what of Adam Lanza then? Who was he? Was he a real person?
1: Well, if you look into Adam Lanza, and that's also discussed in this latest article, Thinking About Sandy Hook. It looks as though he's a fabrication. I mean, even the face, the photographs don't look real. They look as though they took a skull and then lightly painted it up to make it look as though, you know, it was somehow haunting. The whole story about his doing the shooting is a fabrication. I'm a former Marine Corps officer, used to supervise recruit training. Two other experts on marksmanship have also confirmed it's a preposterous story they tell about him shooting all these kids with this incredible ratio of kills to targets.
0: Okay, you know what? We need to do a part two on this, and we shall, if you're good for that, Jim.
1: Absolutely, Richard.
0: All right, Jim, thanks for your time. And uh, listen, if you can uh, convince Wolfgang to come on, we had him lined up, and he, he stiffed me twice. I'm not sure why, whether he's nervous, but uh, I would love to have him on with you.
1: Well, I think Wolf has just been so badgered. So many have been people have been beating up on him. He actually had a Facebook site, and the Facebook trolls have come out in force for this last article of mine. I mean, it's he, he's just tired of putting up with it. So he took down his Facebook site, and he still maintains the site you're talking about, said com. He's in it for the long haul, and I'm right there with him.
0: All right. Well, tell him he'll have, uh, obviously, a fair uh, you know, a fair treatment on this program. Jim, thanks awesome. again.
1: You got it, Richard.
0: Bye-bye. Well, there you go. Make of that what you will. Uh, please visit the website, com. Register and become a member. Receive my newsletter, The Dead Drop, for free. And, of course, say hello on Twitter, at Sarrett. And, as always, follow the truth.